Welcome to the Pod Buffet, your selection of five-minute tasters by podcasters from around the world. And this is the Saturday Digest. Perfect for that late breakfast or early brunch. Enjoy. from the Iron Woman. I have this go-to book and it's called What Would Buddha Do at Work? Whenever I need a little pick-me-up, I go to this book. Today, I would like to talk about what would Buddha do to empower employees? Actually, the answer is you must walk. Buddhas just show the path. And the African saying is, If you want to walk fast, go alone. If you want to walk far, go together. If you want to walk fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. What can we learn from this? Take it from the Iron Woman. I have done an Ironman. And an Ironman is 2.4 miles swimming, 112 miles on the bike, followed by 26.2 miles running. What did I learn from that? How can I empower others with my methodology? It's about creating a support system. It's about creating trust among the support system. And it is about empowering others. Many ask, how did you do that? Well, building trust does not happen overnight. Building trust is about talking to each other, trusting each other, be vulnerable and be humble. And especially, I know in the running world, sometimes when it's raining, you're very humble, you're wet, everybody is wet, but you're sweating together. That builds trust and also confidence. You might wonder, how do you build a support system? It's about being curious and it's about asking questions asking the right questions, ask many questions. And we can learn from children. They ask like a hundred questions a day. And adults typically ask only two questions a day. And hi, how are you? In my opinion, does not count as a question. Hi, how are you? Is basically saying hello. So then how can you empower employees? Build that trust? Being a role model, walk the path, walk the talk. Talk the talk is not enough. Walk the walk. And walk the walk with the team together. Especially in difficult times, in leadership, it's about showing up. It's about giving your best. And giving your best means being humble and showing the world, showing the path when it is not so easy. Years ago, leadership was always very cool with going to off-site meetings, having a fabulous dinner, laughing, enjoying. But now times have changed. Leadership is not as sexy anymore. It's about showing up. It's about being there with your employees and empower them in difficult times. 
Hello, how are you? How are you coping with those difficult times? That might be a much better question. This is how you build trust. How much do you know of your employees? Do you have any details? Do you know if they have a family? What do they do on the weekends? This is how you build trust. This is how you build real trust. Being authentic and honest. And maybe also share something about yourself. What did I share at the beginning? I'm an iron woman. I completed the Ironman triathlon distance. This is what people know about me. I can share that detail. This is something very personal for me. It is important to me, but it also shows me as a humble person with my determination, with the energy that I put out there. So what can you share that then your employees are trusting you and you can also empower your employees? Trust yourself, support others, be curious and ask many questions. Ask me questions. Take it from the Iron Woman. Don't be shy. Ask those questions. Thank you for listening. Well, hello there, listeners. It's Susie New here, president of the Australian Society of Anesthetists, and welcome to our podcast. It's called Australian Anesthesia. And it's where we talk all things relevant to anaesthesia in Australia. You might be wondering what an anaesthetist is. Well, in Australia, we are doctors. And to be a specialist anaesthetist, we've done at least five years of training after medical school. We're the doctors who look after you when you have surgery. We help you prepare for your surgery. We look after you whilst you're having the surgery. And we care for you after your surgery. 150 years ago, before the discovery of anaesthesia, having an operation was deemed to be something of a last resort. The chances of dying were incredibly high. With the advances of modern anaesthesia, we are now able to undertake more complex surgeries on patients with more comorbidities than ever before. And we do it achieving a very high degree of safety. So safety is important to us. You might also be wondering what's relevant to anaesthesia in Australia. Well, this year, we spent a lot of time talking about COVID. In a standard anaesthetic practice, we're used to mitigating risk very well and we're very good at planning and used to our environment. The problem with COVID is that it's a critical care problem. It's a clinical condition that is in some ways predictable about how unwell someone will deteriorate. So they were really concerned about making sure that everybody filled out a screening questionnaire for COVID. Everybody had their temperature taken. We informed people not to come if they were sick on the day. And there were a number of stringent things put in place. COVID's a classic example of where a whole bunch of new research just got published. And that was stuff that we never learned in medical school. And you just have to adapt to the world as it is. I think there's been this thought and people said that because so much COVID transmission occurs, at close contact, it must be the large droplet. So there's sort of a slip in logic. Because they're so close contact, they think it's large particles. It's not. It can be large particles and small particles at that close contact. And did I mention PPE, otherwise known as personal protective equipment? Yeah, lots of chat about that too. So anaesthetists failed the fit test. That can be incredibly anxiety-provoking to think, I'm going into this potentially dangerous situation with a risk of transmission of COVID 
and this mask does not fit me correctly. So in order for respiratory protection to be effective, it has to be used and worn appropriately. So you have to make sure that when that's being provided, that it's not just handed and there's a little check sheet to say, yes, I received it. But it's actually being done in a whole respiratory protection program. We've done the aerosolized fit testing and people have been relying on our results for procurement of masks. But that's not all we talk about. The Australian Society of Anaesthetists has for 86 years been representing, supporting and educating the anaesthetists of Australia. So when we're not talking about COVID or PPE, what are we talking about? Well, there's been things this year like the introduction of telehealth. The telehealth item was introduced during the COVID uh, pandemic. We are introduced at pretty short notice and without a lot of planning. And we talk about Medicare. Absolutely. Well, of course, myself, uh, Andrew predecessor in this role, for many years we've met regularly with members of the Medicare compliance. And we talk about supporting each other. Everyone takes different things out of it. And as the group gets closer, more established, then you bring in the peer support. Particularly during this time of COVID. So is this podcast just for anaesthetists? I'll give you the short answer, which is team anaesthetics has always 100% advocated for a whole theatre team. I like the idea of being more involved in this society. So I'm really glad to have had the opportunity to join this wonderful bunch of people who share the same passions that I do. And I don't just talk to anaesthetists either. You're an occupational hygienist, is that right? I am, yes. And have I said that right? You have. Okay, good. That leads me to believe that you have never heard that term before. I'm currently working as an ICU fellow. And you're an aerobiologist? I guess that's what I call myself. I was a paramedic for eight years. Join us in conversations that serve to inform, challenge and inspire you. You can find our podcast, it's called Australian Anesthesia, wherever you listen to your podcasts, as well as on our website, asa.org.au. And we always love hearing from you, so don't hesitate to get in contact. Hello, and thank you for checking out these Seasons of Sobriety podcast. This is a podcast where you can join in the journey of other recovering alcoholics and addicts. You will be on the road with them as you listen to how each person came into recovery and how they persevered through times of anger, sadness, fear, and joy. I am your host, Howard M. I am here to share my own experience as well as the experience of other recovering brothers and sisters. I've selected a part of a recent episode with Tom P. from Clifton, New Jersey. Tom has been sober since February 14th of 1989. In this part of the interview, Tom and I are talking about our teenage years in recovery. He was at a point of going back to basics and rejuvenating his relationship with God and others after being sober for 19 years. I hope you enjoy this small clip and encourage you to listen to the entire episode. Not coincidentally, since making that decision and getting connected and getting a sponsor and redoing the work and getting sponsees since age 19, (laughs) year 19, it has been a tremendous growth and satisfaction for me. It's been the best years of my life consistently. Like I'm, you know, there's been some stuff up and down, but like, like smooth recovered sailing as a result of focusing on, on the program and doing the work and going to meetings and helping others. It's, it's working as 
uh, advertised. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never could have imagined things would get as good as they've gotten, so to speak. And yeah. you, you have an expression, you haven't said it yet. So I'm going to say it. You say, you know, my problems look like bragging, Yeah, you know? Uh, and you know, we, we, me and you have talked about, you know, in, in private, some of the things that we have going on where if I were to say this at a meeting, I think it would sound obnoxious. You know, right. people are like, Oh, boo hoo. And so Sometimes a meeting isn't the best forum for me to discuss things. <laughs> yeah. Were you going to say something? I was going to say, uh, one of the things which shifted for me also during that period is we talk, you just mentioned sometimes a meeting is not the forum, right? Mm-hmm. I used to think, and this goes early, early days and for however long it lasted is, I thought a meeting was a place for me to dump. And maybe as a newcomer, that was okay because I didn't know what the hell I was doing and maybe it's something I needed. And I've come to believe that as a, I'm going to hate to say this, an elder statesman of AA, as an old timer, that meetings are not a place to dump. Meetings for me are a place to carry the message. I've got experience, strength, and hope. I know how to recover from alcoholism and a lot of periphery things, peripheral things that come along with that. And that... I've got a solution and into in, in a meeting 99% of the time, that's what I think I should be sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I early on had a sponsor who taught me, I'll say how, how to talk in a meeting in a way, what, what was appropriate between me and him and what was appropriate in public. And that if I hadn't worked step 11, maybe I shouldn't be talking about step 11. <laughs> He said, we don't need your opinions about step 11. There was, I mean, this is, this goes back a long time ago. It, it was, the reason I'm bringing up 11 is because it was an 11-step meeting, and I was chairing it for some reason. We were using the, the big book, and, you know, went around people talking about the 11-step, and then I started talking about 11-step, and my sponsor was there, and he knew I hadn't worked the 11-step, but I'm still talking about it. So after the meeting, he said, he said, uh, let me ask him, what? What chapter is the eleven step in? And I said eleven. And he said, "Really? Can you show me?" You know, and you know, me and you can laugh about that because we know that it's not in chapter eleven. But it's just that whole, almost like like spinal tap. Like these go to eleven. That's yeah. what I, I, I. It has to be eleven, right? So I was I was pretty full of it. And so he said, "You know, like you said, we're here to hear your experience, your strength, and your hope." And he said, "And and it's not up for debate." I don't need to debate your experience. It's it's what you've experienced, so share it. Mm. Thank you for listening to this small taste of the podcast. If you would like to listen to this episode in its entirety or any other episode, please search for Seasons of Sobriety in your podcast player app or use the website www.seasonsofsobriety.com. Thanks for being here and hope to see you again soon. Pod Buffet, the eclectic mix of podcasts from around the world. Brought to you Monday, Wednesday and Friday with a digest on Saturday morning. Just in time for a late breakfast or early brunch. Enjoy. Enjoy.